Hey everyone, welcome to The 1% Different Show with me, your host, Jason S. Bradshaw. The 1% Different Show is here for you to help you stand out and succeed. A 1% extra focus on customer experience, employee experience, brand or product experience. 1% extra focus on your business or your life is all it takes to stand out from the crowd. Today's guest will fuel your curiosity and inspire you to stand out from the crowd. Joining us today is the founder of the world's first coaching company for pop culture fans, Amanda Rezatza, the pop coach. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, Jason. How's your day going? It's going well, thank you. Great to have you on the show and one of our very first guests for the new show, The 1% Difference. Guilty as charged. Yes, very excited to be here. Um, now, Amanda, pop cult, pop coach, sorry, and pop culture fans, it's not something you hear all that often, and especially not in business. Can you kick us off by helping us understand what is a pop coach? Okay, so um, it was something that came to me um, during a program that you and I did together, actually. Um, so we did a bit of a boot camp uh, late last year. Um, and I it was all about branding and how um, you should show up as being that one thing, that one thing that makes you stand out, who, the people you want to work with, the, the things and the people you want to surround yourself with. And I'm all about, I've always been about popular culture. Um, and I always relate when I'm doing corporate training or one-on-one -on -one training with people, I always try and relate it back to something that people have an emotional connection with. So that's where the pop coach came from because I'm always relating things back to popular culture. So, and being a pop coach, well, it means whether I'm in a corporate training facility or I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a client, we've got the pop culture under, underpinning there. And I guess it's all about just, making people better through the things that they love well there's nothing wrong with making people better right helping people to be there to be their best so you, you mentioned that we did a course uh, a boot camp together last year i think it was um yes. we also share something else in common and i don't know whether you know this but i see that you have been to the disney institute yes i i cannot boast your um, in-person learnings, but I have done a lot of their online content during, um, you know, global pandemic. Um, it's always been on my bucket list to go to the Disney Institute, um, but I've had the pleasure and the honor and the privilege of doing quite a lot of the online content. And I also um, mastermind with a gentleman called Dan Cockrell, and he used to be the uh, vice president of Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. So. The whole Disney Institute thing, the Disney thing, it's its a big, big factor in what I do. Can't lie. <laughs> so I, I'm sure that uh, being the pop coach and, and Disney uh, has inspired you in many ways. A lot of criticism I hear is how could Disney teach us anything in business? How could... How could that be possible that, you know, they, they have theme parks and hotels and movies and cruise ships and all sorts of things. but. What, what are three of your takeaways from your time with the Disney Institute and, and, and the work that you've done with, with colleagues from Disney? Absolutely. So I, I guess the main thing, and I know this will hit home with you, it's all about the experience. It's not about we have a theme park, we have a cruise ship, we release a movie. We want to give people an experience. And that experience, in my opinion, is second to none. I've been to theme parks. I've been to... 
um, I guess, immersions, for want of better phrasing, all around the world. And Disney do it better than anyone I've ever seen. They are literally the rock stars of that whole entire space. Um, so I guess that's the first part. Secondly, um, they really take ownership of every single situation. So there's a beautiful line um, that you learn as part of customer experience. Um, I forget the exact name of the course, but the line is, it's not my fault, but it is my problem. So even so, and, and the analogy that's quite often used in the Disney parks. So you might have, you know, Florida, for example, they're always getting, you know, um, hurricanes, rain, the parks will get rained out. If you're a family that's, on a once in a lifetime trip and the one thing you want to do is ride slinky dog at toy story land and you know the ride is either broken down or the park's being rained out that cast member that's with you will take full ownership of that situation so it's not my fault that it's raining or that the ride's broken down but it is my problem how they will go to any length possible to make it up to that person whether it's providing them you know, I've heard stories about being provided with an extra night's accommodation so they can come back the next day or an extra theme park ticket or maybe a different kind of experience. Maybe they'll get to go behind the scenes and see how the ride is run or put together. But those cast members, the the people um, that are on the floor, um, on stage, if you like, um, seeing guests within the Disney parks, they are given full responsibility or ownership of that, whatever situation comes their way, which I think is a really beautiful thing because it's so easy to just say, well, that's not my fault. So I'm, you know, and just put it to an act of God or whatever you want to say um, and just not take ownership for that. But if you're creating a seamless, amazing, incredible, emotional guest experience, you need to take extreme ownership, right? Um Sorry, Don. <laughs> no, I, I, I just want to jump in there. You know, mm. Disney does spend a lot of time talking about team members or cast members in their case being having two things really. You know, their task, what they're employed to do, and their purpose that they help Disney fulfill, and that sense of ownership that you are explaining is crucial to that because if they don't own and buy into the purpose, then the the cast member will simply say, well, it's raining. I, what can I do about it? So great example there. Now, uh, the experience, it's all about the experience, it's all about team members, cast members, employees, whatever label you want to give them, uh, taking ownership for the experience. Now, the third one, I know I've put you on the spot, but is there a third learning from the Disney Institute? I guess there's another quote I'll, I'll steal. This one's a Walt Disney quote, and I don't know that it was necessarily from Disney Institute, but but it all ties in. So Walt, <laughs> Walt Disney once said, you can feel perfection. So whether you're watching a Disney film, you go to one of their pop-up experiences, like Pixar Park, for example, we've had in Australia recently, or you go to one of their theme parks, it's all in the detail. So um, Jason, I'm sure that you've... Um, experienced uh the tiki room right at one mm -hmm. of the disney parks so walt disney said to his imagineers that he wanted to create this immersive experience where all of these birds and flowers were singing and it's very amazing and you all sit down and there's this performance by these animatronic birds if you're not familiar with it out there guys what walt said he wanted these birds to breathe the imagineers are saying but well no one's going to see that no one's going to see that because it's a detail that, that the birds are far enough away you're not going to see them breathing but walt didn't care he knew that the guests would be able to feel that 
And so there's that sense that you, you can feel perfection. When every minor detail has been taken care of, you can feel that. You might not be able to see it or um, process it on a conscious level, but it's there. And that that's the difference. That's that 1% we're talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a nice way to wrap that up is intentionality. And you know, you, you live uh, here in uh, in Queensland, uh, as do I, in, in at the Gold Coast, in, and you're Brisbane, uh, in the Brisbane area. And so we've got some theme parks around us. Uh, no Disney properties, but some theme parks around us. And what one of the challenges that I have with those theme parks is the lack of intentionality. The, it's, yeah. You know, you you could draw comparisons around the size of them being, you know, considerably smaller than I think any of the Disney properties. But for me, it's it's the intentionality behind everything that happens at the parks that make it just a completely different experience and one that, you know, as an annual pass holder, I, I question why I'm an annual pass holder. Unlike when I was an annual pass holder uh, for Disney in the States, you, I used to have to sit on a plane for 19 hours to get to Walt Disney World in Florida, but I was an annual pass holder there and saw value in that compared to having a, a pass for, for something that's literally 15 minutes from my house. And it comes down to that intentionality, you know, intentionality around everything leading to an experience for the consumer. So some brilliant examples there for us, Amanda. Uh, now, we also uh, uh, talk about a small world, but we also have the same university in common. We both went to the University of Southern Queensland. Um, so um, uh, absolutely small world. I, I uh, didn't realise that until until we'd connected you know, last year. But um, in, in your career, and it's a... A stellar of a career with you know many examples of how you can deliver um, amazing things in your organization I'm sure you've always been fueled by your love of pop, pop culture but in, in your career what what's probably the most important lesson you've you've ever learned when you were working for the boss well okay um, I guess whatever you touch put 110 percent behind it so you know whether it's something as simple as cleaning a countertop and you know my first job was at blockbuster video and it was it was it was the best i'm not gonna lie um just even you know making sure the dvds were in the right spot and that my boss ken he was amazing um he was he had a very interesting management style he would never say that was a rubbish job all he had to say was a to us well that was pretty average guys and or Fear of God was in everybody. So his management style, I've never struck that again. But um, just being able to put that 110%, that extra 1% behind everything you do, even, even if you're in a job that you're not necessarily in love with right now, if you show up to the best of your ability in that position, you never know what opportunity could walk through the door. You never know who you're going to be speaking to or who you'll, who you'll meet. And you always want to be at your very best. So uh, I, I love that, you know, always making sure that you deliver, you know, just a little bit more than what uh, perhaps was expected and, and that over time that makes a difference. And, and to your point, you don't know who you're going to interact with and and that could unlock doors for you. Now, on your website, I, I love on your website, it says popular culture plus personal uh, and professional development. 
and it's professional development, personal development done differently, fun, engaging, and backed by science. So this this is really the fusion of your your love of pop culture with uh, business outcomes, commercial outcomes, personal growth. What if someone's listening today? What what's one thing that uh, you would encourage audience members to start thinking about, start doing differently? that will help them move forward in, in their life, in their business, in their career? Okay, wow. That's, Just a I small question for you. <laughs> I could literally go anywhere with that. I guess if you want to change anything, you start, and we already spoke about this, it starts with an intention. So what do you want your life to look like, your business to look like? Um, you know, if, if we're talking about fitness, wellness, any anything like that, what do you want the end goal to look like? We need to start with that in mind. And then it's about deciding what the steps would look like to get us from island A to island B. So how do we get there? And it's about devising the plan, the system, the process, whatever that looks like to get us from island A to island B. And be prepared that, you know, it might not be a straight line. We might need to deviate. We might need to move left, right you know, do a complete 180, 360, who knows, but being prepared to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes until it takes. It's about having that intention, knowing that you won't settle for any less than what your goals are, than what you want to achieve. And just doing again, I love this line, do whatever it takes for as long as it takes until it takes. That's it. Do you want, do you want to give us that line again? Whatever it takes. So you need to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes until it takes. Wonderful, wonderful. I, I also love on your website that uh, you have a very simple structure, better humans, better business and magic personal development or magic PD. Uh, so uh, absolutely love everything um, that you're doing, Amanda. Uh, about this time, people are probably have their interest peaked and want to know how they can connect with you. What's the best way for someone to reach out and connect with you, Amanda? Uh, well, you can hit me up on my website, amandarazatsa.com. I, I love getting emails from people. So amanda at amandarazatsa.com. You can always email me. I love receiving emails from people. You can also find me on Facebook, The Pop Coach. And I also have a group of pop culture side hustlers. So if you search on Facebook, The Pop Culture Side Hustlers, we talk all about building your pop culture side hustle and turning it into your full-time gig. So I've obviously been following you for a while and I've seen the pop culture side hustle uh, work that you've been talking about. You know, most people, when they think of a side hustle, you know, they might think of doing some Uber driving on the weekend or at night or, you know, uh, recording a, the audio, an audio book for someone or, you know, doing ad hoc tasks really is what a lot of people think from a side hustle. What's some of the work that you're doing with people that are encouraged by pop culture at wanting to make not maybe their side hustle or maybe, you know, their full-time gig? Yeah, so this is more, I guess, an intentional um, side hustle that's, that's all about you. So it's mm -hmm. very much about you. So you're not going out and doing gigs for other people. So it's not... It's not about doing Uber driving or doing some voiceover work or something like that. It's very personal. So when I start working with someone, 
It's all about discovering who they really are and what they're really passionate about first. And then we start to build business around that. So the, the beauty of doing it that way, and I know you'll relate to this, Jason, is when you are really excited and passionate about what you're doing, it's never a chore to get out of bed. So when we sort of back everything up with that, you can't lose. So it's all about building the business or the side hustle to start with around that and deciding, okay, so what direction can we take this in? And then how do we scale that so we can build it into that full-time gig? So why why a side hustle? Why not just throw in the job today and, and, and double down? Look, I, I guess because that was my journey. So, and I, I'm a firm believer in, um, you know, you know what you know and you've learned what you've learned, you've experienced what you've experienced and the best way to teach someone is through your own experience. So when I first started my coaching company, uh, it wasn't in that pop culture space to start with. It was more just about personal development. It was my side gig. I was working full time um, in the audiovisual industry, um, doing broadcast and production sales, like selling into schools, selling into, um, into uh, like, universities and stuff like that doing sort of like over the phone live chat that sort of thing um and i started it as a side hustle because i decided earlier on i'd read the four hour work week that was sort of my i guess hinge point or pinpoint there you know where i decided well i want to work for myself i'm not I don't necessarily subscribe to the four hour work week because i want to be a lot more hands-on with what i'm doing but doing my own thing was really really important to me so I started out as having it as my side hustle and then things started to ramp up um, and I started to branch out and then it was time to ditch the, the job. I People that are able to or I, it's, it's not even, I guess if you have the means and the intestinal fortitude to do so, by all means, rip that Band-Aid off, quit the job and get hit the ground running by all means. But I guess it just was my journey. So uh -huh. I feel more comfortable doing it that way. Sure. And of course, it's it's a safer journey in many respects. Um, yeah, it is. And it gives you the opportunity to try, try on a, a few different hats. Because like I've had many different businesses before I sort of landed on the one that I really was passionate about. And then mm -hmm. I refined it and I refined it from there. So I'm able to take, I guess I'm able to expedite my client's journey because I've been down that road and take them through the steps that I took this long to do in a shorter amount of time. And of course, you're coming from a place of authenticity. So it makes it easier for you to, to, to part that knowledge. So exactly. um, now Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, uh, I would not be surprised if many of our listeners have certainly read it and dreamt, maybe not of working four hours, but of the notion of having the freedom to decide to work four hours a day uh, if, if they want. Um, and really, you know, a lot of the stuff that's in that book is around productivity hacks. You know, how can you be more productive? As an entrepreneur yourself, do you have a productivity hack that you can share with our listeners? I do, actually. I live by this guy. So this is my Pomodoro timer. Now, I don't think it was in the four-hour work week, but I know Tim Ferriss definitely blogged about it at least. So the Pomodoro technique was, I forget the gentleman's name, it was developed by a gentleman who was, I believe, studying in college and he just, he was procrastinating like a boss. 
So he need, needed to find a way that he could be productive. And I, I'll be completely honest, I don't have the greatest attention span. I have a fairly short attention span. So the idea, Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. And he just called it that because he had his mum's like timer from the kitchen that he'd stolen, I believe. <laughs> but this guy, so I said it, and I've been sitting here doing it this morning, set it for 25 minutes. No distractions, no phone calls, no messages, no emails. You just focus on that one task. Then you take a five-minute break. So I can do probably four or five of these now comfortably, and then I'll take a longer break. And that, this guy, yeah, that's it. If so, you learn nothing else from me, this, the Pomodoro. <laughs> so, so, so just get really focused for a fixed amount of time and and then take a break and go back to it. That's it, yeah. And the 25 minute, five minute is just what, that's what Tim Ferriss wrote about. And I mm -hmm. stuck with that and it works for me. You might be more of a 45 minute, 10 minute person. It really depends what works for you. Um, but yeah, just have that timer there. And I've even gone to the lengths, I don't do it every day, but some days I'll text my husband a picture of the tomato, like so I'll text him a tomato emoji. And then when my Pomodoro is finished, I'll send him a crushed can of tomatoes, meaning I crushed the Pomodoro and I'm available again. So, you know, it's, it's little things like this that make it fun. So yeah. like find, find ways to make things magical all the time. I I, I love I love that uh, you have this secret emoji language with your husband and he knows that it means to leave you alone or that he can start bothering you again. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I might actually send a, <laughs> send a tomato to my husband and see what uh, random response I get. It could it certainly add it. Yes. <laughs> it will add some laughter to my day. Uh, we true. simply have a rule that we just close our office doors so we can't uh, interrupt each other. There you, um, go. there you go. There you go. So uh, I have one last question for you, Amanda, before we wrap up this show and jump into the members only section, the members only bonus, which, of course, anyone that subscribes to the podcast uh, can be a member for free and get that bonus section just by going to 1percentdifference.com. But how can pop culture help the listener be 1% different. And, and when I say 1% different, you know, you could walk into a restaurant and the waiter could slap you across the face. That would be different, but not necessarily in a good way, right? So they've, they've heard us talking today about your love of pop culture and how you fuse it into some really fantastic work. What's one thing that they could do right now, as soon as they finish watching or listening to this, uh, fueled by pop culture that would help them move forward? Absolutely. Okay. So there will be at least one figure in popular culture that you have that would be your hero, right? So I'm going to pick on Star Wars because most people know Star Wars fairly well. Let's think Luke Skywalker. So let's say that you were a huge Luke Skywalker fan or a Han Solo fan or an Obi-Wan fan, no matter who it is. Think about the traits that make them amazing. Pick your favorite trait and make a decision to be more of that right now. So how can you show up in that way? So if you think of all three of those characters, there's, they're exceptionally loyal, for example, just picking that one. So what can you do to be a more loyal human to your friends and family? Or for example, they're all very brave. 
So what could you do right now? What could you shift right now? What could you move right now to be a more brave human? So it's really about with popular culture, it's amazing because we've all got that emotional connection to it and we can really draw from a really powerful place with it. So think about your hero, your pop culture hero, one of the traits that you really admire and really draw on that, the energy and power and think about something that you can do right now to shift into that space. I absolutely love that. Finding the the strength in one of your pop culture uh, uh, characters to to reinforce that behavior in yourself. That That's an excellent way to end this part of the show on. And you'll stick around, right, for our bonus session? Absolutely. Try and stop me. Fantastic. Well, I hope to see the audience in our bonus section and we'll see you over there and on the next show.